What's good people, it's Ocean here, welcome back to the podcast, welcome to the video. What's good people, it's Ocean here, welcome to the podcast. Today, I think it's episode 22 and we've got Stephen Cymatics or Stephen from Cymatics on. If you've never heard of Cymatics before, they're a huge, I guess you can call them a sample company, a huge sample company. They make really cool producer packs and they give away a lot of stuff for free and he runs that alongside his partner Drew and we get into basically how he's been able to build Cymax into this huge empire that it is today as well as his recent realization of just focusing on one thing and how he's been able to help him skyrocket what he's got going on instead of focusing on all these other things it's a really interesting podcast he's a really really smart guy and of course a bunch of gems will be dropped. Let's get straight into the podcast. Ocean Gang go drown. What's good, people? It's Ocean here. Welcome back to the Ocean Podcast. Today we've got Stephen from Cymax. What's good, bro? How's everything? Uh, how's it going, man? I'm uh, I'm excited, dude. Um, I didn't, you know, it's funny. I uh, didn't expect to do any interviews while I'm down here in Miami, but uh, we just made a little makeshift studio set in the kitchen. Oh well, you 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 in Miami? What just like chilling and that? Dude, you know, it's funny, man. I go through these phases where we'll do a bunch of work, put out a pack, which is launching a new product, an insane amount of work. And then after it goes out, mm-hmm. we usually take a couple of days to chill out. And for me, it's not that I need a break as much as like having, like I'm down here 10 days, right? And it's like nice spot, Miami mm-hmm. rooftop pool, all that. Having 10 days to kind of like chill out, fuck around. It lets you think instead of work. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes yeah. I have to like have some time to fucking just think about shit, you know? Yeah, I know. I feel you. Yeah. But yeah, man, just chilling down here. Nice man. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a vibe in Miami. You got the beach, you got the sunshine and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I was worried about coronavirus, but like I'm staying relatively safe in this spot, you know, because it's I mean pretty much a fucking epicenter, you know. Mm. Uh, but I'm starting to be cooped up at my house. But but yeah, man, it's very superficial. Like I don't know, something Miami. It's very superficial. All about money, looks, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Flashy. I don't give a fuck. I have fun at the pool and stuff. You know, I'm not trying to show <laughs> off, but you definitely get those vibes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure, man. Is the situation still kind of, like, strange and weird down there? You still have to wear, like, face masks and everything. Yeah, I think, so, like, Georgia, you got a bunch of, like, you got a bunch of, like, rednecks straight up in Georgia who are just Mm. not about wearing a mask. And they're, like, fighting Mm. all this. And Miami, it's a little more in the culture down here, so it's not, like, weird to wear one, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when I'm from Georgia, people are, like, resistant. They're, like, fucking fighting about it. Here, like, people just, everybody wears it out in the streets everywhere, so... Mm, that's fair yeah yeah man um before we like get into everything let's take it all the way back to young steven growing up getting into music and that let's go through like your origin stories and that yeah man for sure dude so uh essentially you know i wasn't really passionate about music i i I bumped into music production when i was 18 or 19 something like that so it, it was a while before i got into it and uh i was actually a big gamer man like I was, I'm still pretty hardcore into gaming, but dude, I was like real serious mm. about it, you know? So I'm always trying to go to tournaments or I'm always trying oh, to like, yeah, like compete, you know what I'm saying? Or try to climb to like in yeah. Starcraft, I was in like the top 1% in the world, like playing like super Damn. hardcore, trying to play like esports and stuff. Um, yeah. Always taking on random shit and kind of getting good at things and then kind of going on to the next thing. And uh, yeah, and for me, you know, I just, I, I have a lot of fun, honestly, even with today with the music industry and stuff, it's not about music or the industry or business or anything like that. For me, I just like picking up something new and trying to master it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. uh, so I had always been picking up different games, picking up different activities, hobbies, all kinds of stuff. So when I bumped into music, uh, it was really exciting because it offered a lot of that. There was a lot to master. You see what I'm saying? I, mm -hmm. I felt the potential. I was like, wow, you could really learn a lot in this program. Like at first it's kind of daunting, but then you get into it, you start learning stuff. So I was coming back home from a family vacation. And, uh, and essentially, I'm, I'm either going to do one of two things. I'm either going to reinstall World of Warcraft and start playing WoW again, right? Or mm. I was like, you know what? I can fuck around with that FL Studio thing. I remember a buddy of ours growing up, he had showed me one time. I played around with like the drum beat thing. I was like, ah, I guess I'll do this. I'll download the trial. Yeah. I'll start playing around. Uh, yeah, man. And then after that, I was having fun. And then I, I reached out to the only person I knew who had FL Studio and knew how to use it, which was Drew. He had been making mm. beats on him on SoundClick. And I just remember like, oh, that guy I went to middle school with, like Drew, you know what I'm saying? Uh, hit him up. We started playing Halo together, started making a little music together. Then we, um, you know, we made a music project, did that for a couple years. Uh, kind of a cool thing about that is that Drew had already been making music for four or five years. So for me, I kind of cut the learning curve a bit. I didn't have to take a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? For me, mm. I was so good at picking up different things and, and music felt very, like music, I tried to pick up guitars and shit and I was terrible. But a program, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a program. You know what I'm saying? It kind of put it into a different perspective. I was like, oh, this is like video editing or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm, and when yeah. I put it in that context, I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense to me in my head. You know what I'm saying? But but in general, Drew helped me out a lot, got me leveled up. Mm -hmm. uh, after we split off, I, I kind of went into a phase where I was doing my own music project for a while, and I couldn't figure out how people were popular, how people were getting exploding, blowing up. So I started DMing all these people who were popping on YouTube channels, getting featured on these music blogs. I'm like, how are you guys doing it? How'd this channel post you? Like, I'm essentially trying to find anything I can, like trying to find some data. Yeah. And, and I started watching these music conferences. I found out about uh, a behind-the-scenes thing of Flume where his team kind of showed us or it, it was an interview of his team. And there were, I was seeing like the graphic designer, the branding guy, the touring guy. And I was like, oh shit, there's a lot more than what meets the eye. See what I'm saying? Mm. Got into that for a while, decided to start a business. You know, I failed at fucking business for a while, like terribly. I was yeah. trying to start supplement stores online because my aunt owned a organic grocery store. I tried to do, uh, I was a sign holder. I mean, I was trying to build websites for people, social media marketing. I didn't know what yeah. the fuck I was doing. Uh, and then, yeah, man. And then after I failed for that for a while, the magic was, is when I re hit up my old music buddy, Drew combined some of this business knowledge with a lot of the stuff that Drew had been doing with sound design and stuff. And kind of, and we started Cymatics, man. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Man, what kind of businesses was you, was you doing beforehand? Cause I know like once you go down that internet marketing rabbit hole, you kind of just like try everything, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I mean, so for me, the first thing that happened was, like, I don't know, like, my family owns a lot of businesses, so I have an aunt that owns a restaurant, mm -hmm. one that owns a grocery store, uh, another cousin owns a chiropractor office, another cousin has a lawyer office, and I started thinking about it, I was like, dude, the people in my family who make the most money are not the people that necessarily went to school, it's the people that run mm -hmm. the businesses, there was such an, uh, everybody's saying, go to school, but the obvious thing, if I was looking at it, is it wasn't school, it was running a business. It was so clear to my head. Like I was looking at it, I was yeah. like, this doesn't, something's not clicking here. Everybody's saying, Steven, go to school, but the people that are making money run a business. That was the mm. big, that was first off the big thing when I started, before I got into internet marketing and all that stuff, was just thinking yeah. about like, oh, businesses, even a shitty business can make a fuck ton of money. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so I was thinking about that. And then honestly, so then I started doing the math. I'm like, man. Cause I was kind of, you know, 
young kid, I was like, man, I can run Facebook accounts for people. If I run one for my aunt's business, I can, char I can charge them $300 run their Facebook. And I was like, man, what if I did that for all their businesses? I would make like, you know what I'm saying, whatever, $1,500 a month. And I was like, dude, if yeah. I can make $1,500 a month managing a Facebook page, I can just make music forever. You see what I'm saying? And I was like, I can yeah. just have hella time to make music. I don't ever have to get a job. And, and that was kind of the start of it. And eventually it was like, wait a minute, I don't even have to make music. I can just run a business, make a lot of money, you know, and just do music mm. like whenever I want. And then that led me down doing business for a couple of years, trying that I was trying to build websites, pitch people and let me building their website for them. Um, mm. I was pitching, I was, like I said, I tried to build a website for my aunt's organic grocery store, a flower shop. I mean, dude. It was a fucking mess, if I'm being honest, but every little venture yeah. I did from the early days of the hobbies to even those failed businesses, they would essentially, I'd walk away knowing something, right? Yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd walk away knowing something. I'd walk away knowing something. And eventually, when all that shit I learned in music production combined with all this new business shit is when, like, you know, we popped off pretty much because it was really... What happened was is that the business stuff was useful, but I didn't fucking understand supplement people. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. didn't vibe with them. But when it came to the um, when it came to the producers, I was like, oh, I'm selling to me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like we started yeah, like, we kind of reference like, oh, Stephen and Drew, what do we have problems with? You know what I'm saying? Oh, we had this problem, that problem, sound design, good drum samples, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So then we're like, yeah. okay, we're just essentially scratching our own itch. So it became a lot easier. And I think that's one of the reasons why it works so well, you know? Yeah. I, I, I went through like a almost like a similar journey. I kind of went down this rabbit hole of internet marketing and I literally tried everything that could be tried on online. And I started doing like Amazon FBA, Teespring. Oh, trying, trying it all. FB ads for clients. Dude, I remember those Teespring days. I was man. looking into the Teespring shit too. People like doing like Facebook ad campaigns and then yeah, making some was, there was a, making money. Yeah, like 2014, 2015, those was, those was like the golden years for Teespring where people were just absolutely killing it. Dude, it would be like Face, the same Patrick's Facebook ads day. was... It'd be like St. Yeah. Patrick's Day putting up a St. Patrick's Day t-shirt that would use like yeah. their first name and you would like look up their first name on the back end and then like, I don't know. Yeah, and you, you used shit. to be able to tar target that on um on Facebook ads with like the IDs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they got rid of all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, there was a lot of interesting stuff going on. I mean, I still, to this day, I think it's gotten easier. You know what I'm saying? I think it's easier to build an mm. audience because... Uh, I mean, honestly, you just got so many tools. There's no blockers. And you could take whatever journey you want to. If you want to be a YouTuber producer guy, you can do that. If you want to start a company like Cymatics, I mean, you can fucking do it. If you want to start like a podcast like this right here, it's like everything is so easy. I mean, we're on our iPhones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is much more possible these days. So so how did you... Um, so after you've done all like your, your, your businesses and that, and then you decided to get back into the music production, how did the whole Cymatics thing come about? Um, well, I remember Drew, when me and Drew relinked up, we didn't start it right away, but what happened mm. was, is that, uh, we were talking, I was kind of telling about Shopify cause I was building a Shopify store at the time. I'm like, dude, the Shopify thing is really fucking, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. uh, and, and I was talking, I was like, dude, you should sell, I told him straight up, I was like, you should sell your sounds. Cause at the time I wasn't interested in starting Cymatics. I was like trying to manage, I was trying to be a media company. Right. I was like, dude, you should sell your sounds, mm -hmm. man. I was like, you can sell them for this, this and that do whatever. Um, and so, you know, he starts, we kind of start hanging out a little bit. He starts his uh, Shopify store called cymaticsound.com, cymaticsounds.com. It's definitely not available anymore. And mm. uh, so he starts selling his sounds and, and he makes a little bit of money. I think, you know, made like $500 or something like that in, in a couple months, you know, but that's, I was like, damn, I was like, that's pretty impressive. You know what I'm saying? 
And I, yeah. at the time, was working on a bunch of different uh, uh, projects. And essentially, I was going to do some marketing for Drew and help him, you know. But one thing that happened was is that because my company really wasn't working, my two friends I was working with essentially walked out the door. And they were like, hey, this is not working out. You know, we're going we're gonna to go ahead mm-hmm. and quit. We're wasting our time here. And I thought they were being fucking wusses. I was like, oh, this is some stupid shit, whatever. And uh, essentially, I, I hit up the person. Like, I was talking to Drew. I was like, yo, do you want to team up? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we had a couple different concepts. Uh, we were going to potentially sell dreadlock beads. Sounds weird, but you can order them for like a penny on Alibaba. That sounds so niche. Yeah, we are going to flip them. He had a dreadlock Instagram at like 40K. Uh, yeah, he had a pretty big dreadlock community, so we we're going to sell these dread beads. That was one of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the idea of starting a glass blowing website uh, where you sell custom glass. Like, there's a high end market for okay. that shit because one of our buddies did that. And then the third idea mm-hmm. we had was, you know, hey, why don't we do something with that? The sounds, you know, what I'm saying, so yeah. maybe we could take it to like treat it, act, you know, be serious about it. So then we. You know, ended up choosing Cymatics. We spent like a month preparing the website, our first set of products. And then what we did was we uh, essentially launched Cymatics.fm. And that was like the Cymatics mm-hmm. you know today. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then from there, we just fucking kept growing, kept making a wave because people weren't sharing presets in the EDM scene. People were secretive about their sound mm-hmm. design. They wouldn't show you how you made a sound. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll show you how you fucking make, make a sound. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Being secretive makes no fucking sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, just started sharing everything. Everything people are keeping secret, we're like, fuck it, let's share it all. Share every single tip, every single, everything that, that people try to keep as a, like, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. People used to be very secretive about their samples, their presets, what yeah. plugins they're using. We're like, you know what? Let's do the exact opposite. Let's just try to help everybody with as much as possible, show them every single technique there is, everything. And yeah. taking that approach really made a difference for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So what? So when you started Cymatics, was it more of like a more geared towards the EDM community and that EDM kind of music, yeah, or was it just everyone? Hundred percent, yeah. Because me and Drew were making EDM back in the day. You know, he made he was start mm-hmm. he started off with beats for the first four or five years, then he moved over to EDM yeah. for a while, which was really important because one of the reasons that I mean, for example, our drums and stuff sound so good. Drew's a fucking mad scientist when it comes to sound uh, sound design and like drum design tweaking little transients like fucking with little tiny transients making sure everything's perfect because that's kind of like something that came from the edm era you know what i'm saying yeah i was i was speaking to an edm producer recently and he was telling me like if you're you're a hip-hop producer you could probably make like five to ten beats a day but edm they take ages on their beats just like really crafting sounds from scratch and design and everything i remember yeah working like 100 hours on one song you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Well, and I don't think that's the optimal way, by the way. I think that's one of EDM's flaws is the perfectionist a bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think the the new thing of being able to just pump out as much as possible because at the end of the day, a lot of times those best songs come out of like sometimes like a golden 40-minute session where you're in flow and you're just pumping yeah. shit. And most of it comes out right there and then the EDM guys will just nitpick to death. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Versus the hip-hop Sp- guys. Spending weeks and stuff on on, on, yeah. on songs and that, that's a it's, long time. It's kind of like an outdated... I don't think it's as good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I believe that as well. But um, So what what was the, the steps that you took to grow some acts in the, in the early days and, and get it really popping? Uh, a lot of guerrilla marketing. Like, not... Okay. Nothing that you would... Okay, so first off, we were kind of in the golden age of Facebook ads, and I started with literally mm. about $5 a day. And I was pumping that shit okay. while it was hot. I don't think it's hot anymore. Okay, so let me go ahead mm-hmm. and say that. I, I, I'm probably done with Facebook for a little while at least. Uh, but back in the so day... You, 
I was just going to say, so you, if someone, if someone was to run Facebook, let's say someone was starting to to run their sample company, uh-huh. you wouldn't recommend Facebook as these days. Uh, as like no. the first form I, of I marketing. I probably, I probably, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say spend. Fair. Don't spend any money. I don't think you should. I think people who mm-hmm. think they can just spend money to win, they, they usually can't. You know, they're just going to burn a lot of cash. I mean, shit. If you do mm-hmm. know something, tell me because I'll spend the money. I'll spend a, you know, a hundred thousand times as much <laughs> to make it work. Mm-hmm. But usually. It's hard work that kind of gets you to that next level. Uh, but for us, it was guerrilla marketing, man. Like, so so even with our music project, we we're always kind of like kind of those guerrilla marketers, like finding out ways to like, you know, do something crazy and try to get exposure out there, right? So we used to scrape, uh, we used to go to every single music blog on uh, on the internet as well as on, or just like websites as well as like YouTube channels. We'd, we'd collect them all. We would send out our music submissions to like hundreds and hundreds of people. And even when we, uh, got started at Max. we were in Facebook groups nonstop. Mm-hmm. Every single Facebook group we're posting, we're talking to people. We built our own Facebook group. Uh, we had like this little weird like Facebook communities where it all kind of started is with Facebook groups. I think Facebook groups are still amazing for when you get started. Uh, mm-hmm. When you hit our scale now, it's it's not as good, but like if you need some fans, I think it's fucking amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, because they're definitely very um, engaged. Well, you don't have to pay any money. Go, they go hard. They go hard in the Facebook groups. They pop like on it. <laughs> yeah, people spam the shit out of them too. But we were like, yeah, hundred percent. We were trying everything, man. I was even adding. So we, one of our strategies was adding friends. Back in the day, you would just add as many fucking friends as possible. Oh, what straight to the Facebook ads account and then what just like post no, on your, add, your just, ad account? Just add a Stephen Sam Max Facebook account. That's where my brand was born. With a Stephen Sam Max oh, and a Drew Sam Max. Yeah, yeah. And I would just, I would go to the groups and I would just add people. There are other producer friends, mm-hmm. and I would put out free stuff. And then people kind of just, we started to build a name for ourselves. Uh, I would mm. go to my competitors' ads, right? So if I saw somebody running an ad for massive presets or something, I would just go to the ad and go add everybody. You know what I'm saying? And then once we yeah, maxed, once we maxed out every account at five thousand friends, we would just keep making more accounts. We're like, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we would do all kinds yeah. of crazy, like a little shit like that because we just didn't have any. Like we started with less than two hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, which is pretty much some website costs, and everything else was just being scrappy. Yeah, no, that's proper. Like from the ground, ground up. So what was like the the turning point then that things just started to to really take off? Um, honestly, man. So something I really recommend in everything because I see a lot of similarities. Like I've gotten good at a lot of stuff, and I still approach this to this day. But I think one of the most important mm-hmm. things is honestly, if you can find a mentor, it'll skip you so much fucking time. And for us, it was this guy Neil Patel. We invested like. Mm. some consulting but he's a super big marketing guy and the guys yeah. on his team work with the young cymatics and really showed us the ropes here's how you present your brand your products and all that kind of good stuff you see what i'm saying mm. um it was it was a really big for us it really taught us how to do marketing at a really great scales because i think it's super important when you're building a brand you know and then having that combined with you know um a great product Right. So for producers listening to this, that might be your song. You gotta have a great song to start with. And for us it's it's having great products in the producer world that people really enjoy. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you're doing marketing and you don't have great products, like it's just not even worth it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. because if you have great products, for example, you have a great song, you're gonna get a lot of word to mouth after somebody listens to it. If you have a great product, after somebody uses one of our packs, you're gonna tell their buddies. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. uh, I think that element is really important. So for us, we kinda got um, some some mentoring from from those guys and yeah we just started skyrocketing growth and then and then we got stuck for a while you know we were trying different stuff and i think one recent breakthrough is is that we stopped doing so much shit 
I used to have a yeah. podcast. I used to have events, all this stuff. Now I just focus. We just focus on making the best damn sample packs, melody packs, and now we got plugins in the motion. And the idea mm-hmm. was that I stopped. I stopped doing content. You know what I'm saying? Then I used to put out. We put out a thousand pieces of content, like twenty and nineteen. I think it was 2018, 2019, a thousand over a thousand pieces of content on Instagram. And uh, and and I realized that my future isn't to be a big YouTuber, big Instagrammer. I'm not the next David yeah. Obrick or anything, Mr. Beast or anything like that. You know, I think I think we're the next like Apple-like brand in the music industry for like software and eventually hardware. You know, what I'm saying we're trying to create like really, mm. really great tools and products. You know, mm-hmm. that's fair. So, um, so yeah, after you got your your mentor Neil Patel and all that, and you started implementing that stuff, how did you know when to like? How can I put this? How did you know what the next step was? Because I know a lot of people probably would have got comfortable, you know, just doing what they're doing, killing it, but not needing to, you know, grow. How did you know, like, okay, we need to, we need to move on now. Well, we dude, a couple, I mean, a couple of things. So I think any project or any, you know, any company, whatever the fuck goes through a couple phases, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's the trying out shit phase. You're experimenting and you're often chasing every fucking person's idea. Nonstop. I'm chasing, chasing, chasing here, there, there. Oh, this person did this. I'm going to try to do that too. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I see billions of cymatics clones. Like nonstop, I see little mini cymatics clones, right? Or stuff like that. And I used to do it too. I used to chase people nonstop. And I think there's a phase where you try and do a lot of stuff. It doesn't matter where the inspiration comes. You just do as much stuff as possible. If you're mm-hmm. trying to go to that next level, usually the answer isn't from without. I believe the answer is from within. Because after mm. you've tried a bunch of stuff, you take a look at everything you've tried. You know, some people keep looking and copying others and never take a second to self-reflect on what they've tried and what has worked and what hasn't for them. That The right answer, for example, for you, Ocean, is way different than the right answer for me. Completely different mm-hmm. worlds, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I have like a business partner. I have experience with certain types of things. I have certain types of things are my strength. And, and I've told you this on phone calls before. If I tried to be a YouTuber like you, you would fucking rock me. You see what I'm saying? And mm. I have to kind of stay in my lane. I think a lot of going to the next level and something that's been pivotal for us is more understanding what we're good at, what's most effective for us, what have we kind of been chasing that hasn't been working that's good, you know? And, yeah. uh, and and really becoming hyper aware of what our own strengths are and what we're best at. And if we focus on those things, we'll do really fucking well. And that's how we've been kind of turning up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. But I know you guys were pumping out all the, all that content and stuff. And it was doing well, like it was, people were finding it very, very valuable. Was it something hard to kind of step away from or was it just like, I really don't enjoy this, let's not... Just didn't convert to dollars as good as we wanted. That's fair. Although it worked well, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work as well as putting out an amazing product, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. putting more time into the product itself, putting more time into making sure people download it. Because like, my magic moment isn't anybody watching this video isn't anybody looking at my instagram and feeling good about themselves because they got some fucking production tip my magic moment when cymatics has a magic moment with a producer it's when you get our resource into your computer and once it's in your computer and you make one of the best songs you've made or you get inspired that's when you have your magic moment with cymatics and with our plugins Mm. it's going to be when you download the plugin it feels amazing so like my magic moment wasn't content even though it's it works content works Mm -hmm. And it makes sense for a lot of people. It, it gives people a lot of magic moment. But for us, that was not where we were meant to be, per se. And it's mm-hmm. a weird thing to say for a guy who pitched content for quite a while. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, man, I, I barely post anymore. I don't really do, I used to do shit like this all the time. I don't even get on interviews or anything like that anymore because yeah. I, I'm just focused on, you know, a lot of behind the scenes shit, you know, talking to people behind the scenes in the industry. I help people out. I try and come up with cool campaign ideas, launching the next products. I just got off the phone with a guy for our plugin that's going to be launching soon. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. of our developers kind of working on it. Uh, what he's doing with that whole nine, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that goes yeah. on behind the scenes. And I think content, man, it was, it, it, it was easy to step away from, but I was also burnt out. I mean, dude, content's fucking hard straight up. Yeah. So it's, it's a long, it can be a long process. And I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say Instagram is not that good. In my opinion, I mm-hmm. think YouTubers are way better. Like if I was a YouTuber and I posted a thousand mm-hmm. times and I was popping off, I'd probably keep going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think it the, the conversion is just way better. You're able to build a much deeper connection through YouTube yeah, than you just... can on Instagram. I've seen that for myself anyway. But then again, I'm probably not the best person to look at when it comes to Instagrams. I don't post that much. I, I don't think it's that good. I, don't, I, I would say post zero times. Just keep fuck, yeah. like, going down. Like, dude, it kind of gives you a headache to post sometimes if you feel like you need to post yeah. something. But I, like I, YouTube, I feel like, I feel like Instagram is is more like. It's just for when people want to check you out, like a quick little resume browse. Like, is this guy legit or not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because it's like a definitely like a wow, this person has followers. Like, yeah, you know, I remember looking at people. I got quarter billion followers, but now I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because I'm focused on so much more important shit, in my opinion, and just Instagram over time has just not been one of them. I mean, yeah. dude, we've been we you know we work together on some shit. I've been kind of obsessing over YouTube because I just think YouTube's fucking awesome. I think the YouTubers mm-hmm. like the I think mentally it's a lot easier. I think when you post every day on Instagram, you're mentally, it's just not as like easy as it is for YouTube because you're just posting every single day. But like your YouTube video that does well, probably still does well sometimes a year after if it carries. Yeah. Every single Instagram post is dead in a day and a half. You have to post again to get eyeballs, right? You have to post again to get eyeballs because the newsfeed just gets pushed down. But YouTube videos, you can get the search algorithm. I mean, you know, the related videos. Yeah. Um, it, it has a, a, a longer shelf lifespan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Makes a lot more sense in my opinion. Yeah. Did you ever play around with TikTok at all? A little bit, but that's like even worse version in my opinion of Instagram. Like what I was complaining <laughs> about, it's even worse. Mm. It's even less shit's given. And by the way, Drew's had TikToks with over a million likes, gone viral yeah. on there and stuff. Like I said, a lot of those social medias in my opinion, they're like kind of like like, it gives you a good feeling. Oh, I got a bunch of likes on this shit, but I swear it does not do that great in terms of pushing the needle unless you've figured out some sort of cool formula. There's people out there who are crushing it. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. But for the general person, I don't think it's I don't think it's that. I, I think it's a little overrated. I think Instagram followers, like producers, if you guys think that getting 100K is going to make a difference for you, and I guarantee it's not. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. 100K on, on YouTube is a lot different to 100k on Instagram or even 50k. What would you say one YouTube subscriber versus how many Instagram subscribers is that equal? Honestly, maybe like a thousand. A thousand, literally. Honestly, because, yeah, I don't, I can't, Instagram is, is not the same kind of, how can I put this? It doesn't have that same kind of feeling that YouTube does. With YouTube, I can really engage with people Instagram, not so much, especially on the posting side. On stories, yeah, somewhat, but then you don't even reach that much people, people are compared shit. to YouTube. People are taking YouTube. shit when they're, when they're looking at your Instagram, and people are like sitting Yeah, no one's taking food. that seriously hey, as much as YouTube. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I, I've, been, I've been on a new wave, and I'm like, 
I'm done with IG pretty much. Like I still post whatever, you know, when I got shit coming out. But yeah. Like, I'm like hyper focused on other shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Would you guys, would you consider starting to post on YouTube again or you don't even want to like? No, long term, long term, I do want a strategy for YouTube that probably is something around a kind of curated content, that highly curated content or something, maybe more like a genius or something. Uh, YouTube mm. is something I do plan on tackling and I probably plan on tackling Instagram. I just don't think it's that hot right now. Like it's not that good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely want to do something on YouTube. I just, I, I don't have time. Cymatics, yeah, no, like, that's fair. core team is like eight people. And then from there we mm-hmm. have like one guy, one guy manages like 30 producers. You know, one other person manages a handful of people. One other person, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, but the yeah. core teams is not, we can only focus on so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what's a typical day like for, for you now working um, in cymatics? I wake up in the morning. Uh, so I got my morning routine. I have to like get my coffee in, relax, eat breakfast, all that shit. I have to think before I start my day. And then mm-hmm. honestly, man, uh, I write down like three things I got to do for the day. And I literally just do those three things. And sometimes I get done with more. Sometimes I don't get done with as much. Some days mm-hmm. I work super hard. Some days I take like a half day. But like at the end of the day, it's kind of like a marathon. I don't try to do a thousand things. Like I have like three main things. I'm like, dude, I got to get done with these three things today. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowadays it, it, I'm mostly in meetings. I don't have to do a lot of the hands-on work on almost anything in the company. It's just more managing. But it, my, yeah. day, my day consists of a handful of phone calls, you know, um, and I pretty much can manage everything. And I actually have a lot more fun actually talking to guys like you or, or Simon Tarita or like different YouTubers or, you know what I'm saying, different producers helping helping people out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I, I got a lot of extra time, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's more about, because we have a team that works so hard, sometimes it's more about like having a really good strategy and like good ideas, you know what I'm saying? Good ideas are worth a lot. You know, don't let people fool. Mm. It's not just all hard work. Like, if you're able to really pick your good ideas, because, you know, if you really slam on stuff, I mean, it really combos into the next thing. It picks up momentum for your company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Do you still make music? Do you still produce in that, or like, you're not that bothered no more? Yeah, probably like, shit. I'll probably make like two, three songs a week. Some some weeks I'll take a break for like two weeks, and then sometimes I'll just make more. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't spend like 10 hours on a song like I used to. I mostly throw down ideas. But yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah man, it, it just depends on, on what I'm feeling. A lot of things that inspire me are usually new concepts, right? So like, for example, if we're working on a new pack and Drew's telling me about it, he sends me over a bunch of shit that's working on it, and then I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to make some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, of course. I, I think that still making music is obviously a good thing. It kind of keeps you in touch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's funny. Jay Black didn't even uh, – Jay Black came over one time. And I was moving so fucking fast in FL because I used to play StarCraft. So my APM, like, action is called actions per minute. I, I move fast as fuck. And I do the same thing in FL. <laughs> and it was funny because Jay Black was like, holy shit, bro. He's like, I didn't even know you produced like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I just don't, I don't spend as much time on it anymore. Uh, but I still, mm-hmm. I still keep, cut the time out to, to make music. And honestly, been, one thing I've been doing more just actually listening to music. You'd be surprised at how much better you get at making music, but just listening to a lot of it. Drew listens to mm. music for probably three, four hours a day listening. Damn, that's a lot. Sometimes he'll listen to the same song for an hour. I'm not even kidding. He'll, he'll replay wow. songs so many fucking times. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get better at music, listening to a lot more music. You know, and, and, I mean, no, yeah, actively that, listening. Sure. You know, like actively listening to what's Yeah, going like on. trying to break down what's going on and stuff, like analyzing instead of just. Yeah, because yeah. you'll find the small details in the 30 second time you listen to it, you know? Mm. That is a gem right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
one thing that Cymatics does, you do these huge launches with a theme. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of them was getting old sims and analog gear and, and making samples around that. How does how does that come about? Like, how do you put all that together? Because that just seems crazy. That seems hectic. I mean, so it starts off with like, dude, there's so many people. You release samples, I release samples. Producer Grind, Simon Servita, like every single human being in the music industry is now putting out samples, right? So that's yeah. the first thing. The first thing is a bit of differentiation. Like we're going to say like, okay, what's different about our shit? You know what I'm saying? Why is this stuff actually better? Why are we charging so much more than these other people if it's the same shit? And that kind of like was one inspiration for us. We want to push it to like a interesting category. And, uh, and honestly, man, producers care about sound. They care about the quality of the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, at the end of the day, you know how excited producers get? Like, okay, if you tell producers like, hey, I ran this sample through like RC20 and it came out sounding super lo-fi versus they see this old tape recorder thing and we tell them the story about this 1983 fucking tape recorder and we got this mm. old tape and we're literally manufacturing stuff. People become intrigued in the story. It's like those YouTube mm-hmm. videos that have a lot of build up to it. So for us... We tried to capture a certain concept in the music industry, like Legends, for example, is all about the old synthesizers, almost like something that's like forgotten with a lot of newer producers. I mean, like, look, mm. this stuff's really good, and let's sh- let us show you why, and then let's take these old synthesizers, let's put them into a pack to where you can experience that. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, and it's constantly about how can we make something better, and honestly, it keeps us not bored. If we did the same thing all the time, just melody pack, melody pack, melody, we're going to get bored. You see what I'm saying? Even yeah, yeah. Like we'll do, we'll take less money to even do more interesting stuff for the team, so it's more fun, it's more exciting. Like you know how much these guys love, for example, when like like we have a Toronto studio when we invest in a bunch of gear for up there. Like those guys love playing with the old synthesizers and the new gear. Like our new thing is we're trying to make the hardest hitting drum pack, like nothing but bangers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I was telling mm-hmm. you about that that YouTube thing I wanted to do. But like pretty much, we want to make a drum pack that just slaps. Like if you're trying to make some really heavy stuff, if you're making soft stuff, it's not going to be good for it. And one of the things we start by doing is let's do our research. Let's ask around all the producer buddies. What do you guys use for drum processing? What What are you guys doing? And we already got a, like all this different hardware we're purchasing. And and the idea is is like, hey, let's find the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Let's find the yeah the secrets here that are going to take these samples and take them from you know what I'm saying some normal shit to being like, wow, this stuff sounds really different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, and you see it in the hip hop industry. People just fucking steal samples and pass them around to each other. Literally mm-hmm. nonstop. I'm like, dude, it doesn't even make sense to me. Because like in EDM, people call you out in two seconds, right? Uh, yeah. People just steal samples, pass them around. And for, that never made sense to me, first off. But also, like, um, we just think it's, it's so much better. Let, let's figure out how we can create something new. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that 808 that's been passed around. We're going to find some new sauce in here. And once we find it, we're going to be the ones who know how to do it, replicate it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. for, for us, like, there's a bit of our products that's like kind of feels like creating an album almost when we create one of these packs and stuff. Because it's like to create like a pack with 500 melodies, you're essentially creating like 50 albums worth of music, maybe more, you know, 100 albums worth. Yeah. Uh, so we have to approach it like very artistically. So one thing that I think a lot of producers listening that should never be scared of, never be scared of to buy some equipment, go in some weird direction with some either VSTs or some old school hardware or something like that. Because what's going to happen is, is that you're going to, the reason we do it is we pick up these things and all of a sudden after the Legends project, for example, we now 
have all that hardware invested. So we now have this stuff to use for the future, but now we're familiar with it, right? And that knowledge is in our head. So whether we're trying to do something in a future project, we now have that skill to be able to bring out a certain type of sound, right? Same thing mm-hmm. for Project Dreams. It was all about these old vintage stuff. So we had a bunch of vintage like tape recorders and stuff and lo-fi, like real lo-fi, not like throwing RC20 on it, but like taking stuff and decorating the quality, sometimes yeah. through a tape machine where the, the tape is literally coming out, running across the room and random shit and coming back in. And they're literally holding a lighter under the tape to degrade the quality, all kinds of crazy shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But now that we know how to do that, and for example, with our drums, like forever after this project, like our drums are already good. Uh, we spent a lot of time on them, but forever after this new project with how much gear we're investing in, we're going to now be at like even deeper level knowledge and know how to do some really interesting stuff. And essentially every single cool project we take on, we take all the skills to the next thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so you're always just leveling up. So sometimes it's worth it to make less money, but to do something interesting that teaches you something for life. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. So um, what what's next for Cymatics? Because I know you say you've got plugins on the way. What's the, what's the new exciting project that's coming up that you can tell us, tell us about? Yeah, so uh, we got one plugin today. We literally finally got the uh, the prototype, right? So the prototype meaning uh, we can install the plugin, use it, and start playing around with it. Drew's been taking a lot of notes. He's super pumped about it. Um, uh, yeah, he did like an hour-long call with one of our top producers. We just went through everything, and they passed the notes back to uh, the guy who's working with us on these different plugins. He has a whole team. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. who's super talented. Jo- you might know him, Joey Sturgis. He's a super talented guy. He's working with us on our plugins. A lot of his stuff is super well-respected. Uh, but him and Drew are pretty much teaming up going in on it, and I'm excited because we got this thing. And we have, uh, we got this thing and it's, it's not styled yet. You know, we get the design made, we put the GUI on there and all that shit. But right now we're really excited about venturing into that direction because mm-hmm. it's almost like we're like Charmander. And then when we go into plugins, we're turning into like Charmeleon. You know what I'm saying? We're like evolving. Yeah. So I'm really excited about plugins. Packs wise, we got that pack coming out. That's going to, like I said, uh, try to be the hardest hitting drum pack we've ever done. We haven't done a solely like drum, uh, focus pack. It's usually been melodies or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. But in general, you're going to see Cymatics like probably pumping still like a lot, a lot of free stuff, you know, um, taking our beat contest to the next level. I think that's a really exciting thing for the community. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think the big shocker is going to see us turn. It's like 2021 when we really start pumping these plugins because it's yeah. because because our philosophy on it is. Is like the, the the first set we're doing is Drew asked uh, two of our top producers Andre and Nick. They said he said, "Hey, if you only had five plugins you could ever use on production, what five plugins would you pick?" You know what I'm saying? And essentially, we took those five plugins. We're like, "Okay, let's make those first. And what we did was, let's say there's something that like uh, one of our producers does with like a compression chain where he uses this plugin, this plugin, this plugin, this plugin, and it does all very specific purposes. What we're doing, mm-hmm. we're like, hey, let's take those five oh, wow. different processes and let's turn it into like one knob on this plugin that does a really amazing mm-hmm. job. So each knob is essentially a collection of different processing techniques kind of all combined in one that does a very yeah. specific purpose and really will speed up workflow and give you a really good result. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be something that people, it's not only, it's not only going to be something that's really good in terms of has a great sound, it's going to be very easy to use, but it's also still going to have enough uh, complexity and freedom to do interesting stuff for people who are kind of higher level, like the sound design, like taking it to an interesting spot, can still kind of do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. Because we've all we've 100%. all seen those plugins that are fucking too complicated. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't do shit. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. You open up some of these plugins and it's... It's basically, it's like sound engineer speak. It's not really... Yeah, you know, and then you got some It's all these, are, these words that you don't really yeah. understand. And some of the one knobs are possible, but you still want to give a little more control than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so... Going to be diving into that. Hopefully uh, doing a lot with that, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that sounds dope. Looking forward to seeing those plugins come out, man. Hey, what, what about you, man? I feel like, you know, it's funny, man. I didn't... I knew about you, but I knew about you without knowing about you, all right? And the reason I'm saying that is is that I saw, I saw your YouTube videos, you know, but didn't mm-hmm. even connect it to Ocean. I just saw, like, the one where you're making a video with your brother, like, random videos I've seen, you know what I'm saying? Stumbled yeah. across just randomly on the related, but, um, dude, I mean, even doing some promo together, dude, I mean, your audience is fucking diehard. Like, what's what's your plans with, with your Ocean channel and stuff? I mean, for me, it's, it's always... I definitely want to be more... I don't even want to call it like an industry producer, but I definitely want to get placements and start working with artists and that, Mm -hmm. developing artists as well. So for me, my channel, it's always going to be there, but I want it to be less of straight up tutorials and more just like having fun, challenges, vlogging, Uh straight up just documenting the journey, basically. Um, But it's always going to be there, no matter what, like I'm always going to be doing content because I really enjoy it as well. People... People like hate the editing, hate the filming, and that. I actually enjoy it. It's just another creative outlet for me, yeah. besides the music. So, the people that can do I'm YouTube, always going to be doing that. Yeah, people do YouTube, man. I really give it to them. I think there's a lot of potential. Potential, literally, like for you, I would say fuck me. I would say fuck everything except for YouTube videos. And I would try to be the next fucking David Dobrik or Mr. Beast or whoever you look up to that does it really well. Mm. Casey Nasdaq, whoever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, because, dude, YouTubers, man, when you get at that big scale, where you have a diehard audience that's dying to get every video and stuff, dude, I think it's so valuable, you know? Yeah, 100%. And sometimes your your brand deals are triple the, the price of a placement deal, you know what I'm saying? Like your brand yeah. deals per video, like, dude, I know a guy makes, he does quick 15-minute videos, he makes 25 Gs a video. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. No, there's definitely, I think YouTube, when it, when it comes to the money, like 100%, it's way more... There's way more potential than possibly getting the next placement. You're probably not going to make that much money off placements and until you're really popping, you know. If you're like a Jetson made or someone who's really up there. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, I'm still very much like the music is is art. Like that's my, that's my art in it. Like I really want to... You got to come to Atlanta, I really bro. just want to... get placements. You got to come to Atlanta. Start networking in the studios. Yeah, sure. man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe when that... When, um, I'm planning on coming when the, what do you call it, the borders open and shit, because i got a lot of family there. I spend a lot of time in Atlanta. Oh, wait. You guys, people, uh, are people allowed to come to US? Nah. I'm pretty sure the border's completely closed right now. That's fucked. Uh, well, I know so for the UK, for, for, people for don't, sure. Let's be but... honest, man. People don't want people from America right now. They do not want people <laughs> from America coming in because it's fucking coronavirus. Like people, you know, Trump saying shit about blocking off China or whatever. I'm like, dude, nobody wants us right now. We can't even get to other places. Can you leave the country if you wanted to? Yeah, but half the country won't accept this. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's only a handful of countries that, that will let you come. I don't think come. we could get to UK. Jordan, can we go to UK right now? I don't think you can. Yeah. I think, like, the only country in Europe that you can go to is Croatia, I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. Maybe go to Croatia and you sneak in. We're going to do a collab in Croatia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Um, just out of curiosity, because you're from Atlanta, innit? Mm-hmm. Do you think the scene there is is like 
Actually, let me get your opinion on this, because I always like to ask produce, producers and stuff this. Do you think it's beneficial to stay in your city if it's a small city and just get it popping that way all over the internet? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it's more beneficial to go to a major city like in Atlanta and LA? I think it, I think know, it depends on heavily on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to be a YouTuber, mm-hmm. stay at home. If you're trying to do mm-hmm. what I did, stay at home. If you're trying to do what you're trying to do placements-wise, yeah, I'd probably go to Atlanta because it's a lot of relationship-based. So it really matters on your end goal. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to do beat placements, you know, that's why I think it's good. But if you're trying to do beat sales, right, like an e-commerce store essentially and sell your beats online, just do it from home. Like you mm-hmm. can do so much more networking just literally from your phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the best tools for networking straight up is a podcast. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, for example, everybody wants to be interviewed. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, for yeah. me, when I was running my podcast, I was building connections left and right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think it's, like, I don't think it's, I think it all depends on what you're trying to do, your personality, all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Kind of plays into it. Yeah. You know, your your lifestyle, what you actually like to do and stuff. I think the answer is different for everybody. Do I think that, like, some producer hasn't made it yet because they didn't move to LA? Fuck no. You know? If you see where me and Drew live, we live out in the middle of nowhere, in the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I don't think you need to, no. Fair point. But yeah, man, um, if for some reason they don't, people don't know where to find you in that, where can they find you? I'm sure oh, everyone knows. I would, I would say cymatics.fm. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. cymatics.fm, go download all their free shit. You know, we, we try to put out more free shit than other companies put out in general. <laughs> you know, you can experience cymatics without paying for any money. And if you like the free stuff that, you know, paid stuff even better. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and dropping some knowledge and that. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. And that's about it for this episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode because it's full of a lot of gems, a lot of nuggets. If you want to check out Cymatics, go to cymatics.fm. They've got a lot of free resources for producers, free sample packs, ebooks, that kind of thing. Go check it out. As usual, if you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of wherever you're listening from. Tag me on Instagram at PodBioCean and I'll be reposting you all of my stories. That's about it for this one. I'll see you or you hear from me. I always mess this up. You'll hear from me in the future.